1: Good afternoon. Another bit of weather coming our way, so please be careful careful if you're planning any travel out there. Well, we all know this story far too well. A Labrador couple who lost their son in a fishing tragedy off the southeast coast of Labrador in September of 2021 joined a provincial government delegation to Ottawa to make the case for improved search and rescue in Labrador. Jeanette and Dwight Russell joined Labrador Affairs Minister Lisa Dempster and Justice Minister John Hogan for meetings with federal government officials to make their case for improved marine search and rescue capability in Labrador, which currently has no dedicated resources. And uh, I'm going to start with um, the Minister Lisa Dempster. Um, Tell us a little bit about your meeting in Ottawa.
2: So uh, thank you, Linda. Today was a long-awaited meeting. I think we first reached out back in September uh, to, uh, with a request to meet with multiple ministers on uh, search and rescue resources and supports for Labrador. And we know that uh, we're dealing with a, a very important issue here that doesn't just fit in one department. So we've been meeting all week with different ministers, you know, whether it's Minister Miller, because this is Indigenous communities that are impacted, whether it's uh, Minister Al-Gabra that we met with yesterday around uh, fishing vessel safety and and a whole host of things in that area. But today with Minister Miller and also joined by Minister Goody Hutchings, joined by MP Jones, myself and my colleague uh, uh, minister Hogan, the Minister responsible for Foreign Emergency Services, joined by uh, Advocates Doit and Jeanette Russell, uh, President of the Todd Russell, uh, and a large list of stakeholders to Mayor of Happy Valley Goose Bay, for Lake Melville. Uh, we had a pretty lengthy, what I would call a pretty powerful, uh, passionate meeting today.
1: I know that after Jeanette's um, um, address to that safety conference back in the fall, Minister Joyce Murray was here in St. John's just a few days later. But when asked about it uh, by reporters, because it was so prominent in all of our minds, she was unable to provide much in the way of response when it came to um, the plea that Jeanette had made for search and rescue in Labrador. What's the minister's response this time around, Lisa?
2: Well, today I can tell you that we felt heartened. Uh, Minister Blair, the minister responsible for emergency preparedness federally, was very, very engaged. He was quite familiar with defile uh, and uh, gave us every indication that, I guess, he saw there's things that they can do today in the short term to improve search and rescue across Labrador. And there's also some things will take a little longer, but... uh, Assured us that uh, they were committed to working collaboratively with us to try and fill some of the gaps in search and rescue. Now, I will say, Linda, even though we felt very good uh, coming out of the meeting, uh, and we appreciate uh, the extra time that they gave us today. Uh, today was a first step, and we still will keep shoulder to the wheel, recognizing that uh, no one's going to sort of relax and, and sit back until uh, we reach a place that we have been uh, too long waiting.
1: To get. It. Minister, what sort of resources are available in, in Labrador as we speak on the federal level? They're far too lacking. Uh, uh, Miss Russell,
2: when she spoke at the Provincial Fish Harvester Safety Symposium last year, uh, in September maybe, in the fall, uh, one of the most somber things was uh, she uh, posted a map of Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, the small island of Newfoundland was... Uh, surrounded with red dots where fast rescue crafts and things were stationed. And the long vast coastline of Labrador from Maine in the north to Lansaclair in the south, there was nothing. So we had some really great uh conversation today, detailed conversation with the federal ministers and MPs that were in that room. Uh, around uh, how we can address those deficits across Labrador. We need fast rescue craft. We need additional technology. We need uh, five-week goose bay to move from a secondary to a primary search and rescue, uh, et cetera.
1: And of course, when we think about uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, when we think about fishing, for some reason, a lot of people's minds go to Newfoundland. But of course, the entire coast of Labrador has always been involved in fishing. And when you're talking about the North Coast in particular, it's deep sea, it's offshore. These are some of the worst conditions, the most dangerous conditions in the world. Um, Why do you suppose this has been overlooked until now? So I don't know historically, and I my
2: heart goes out to uh, the, the Dwight and Jeanette Russells of the world who at a time when this should be their space to uh, grieve what is the greatest loss that any parents can ever uh, face, the loss of a child that they have had to step up and advocate, uh, pretty admirable. And one thing was extremely clear today, that their story Uh, have touched the hearts of those that are in influential positions, those that have the power to make change. So uh, I don't believe for a moment that, that those boys, Mark and Joey, that their lives were lost in vain. We can't change that outcome but I believe that life will become better for others coming behind uh, based on the advocacy of their parents. And one of the things today, there is extensive conversation around safe workplaces. You know, that, that's in all of our work now. It's important. It's valuable to our employers that we have safe workplaces. Uh, and uh, we, we think our thoughts go first and foremost often to the fish harvesters. But you know, we have growing tourism sector. It was talked about today. The ferries that run in those areas, the snow Anybody who lives, traps, works, uh, you know, pleasure across that uh, large coastline, Uh, often when the call goes out for help, uh, sadly, as we know, we have a a tragic history. uh, Often the help that we're looking for have not been there. And uh, what I saw today was a pretty united strong front from Newfoundland and Labrador. To work to change that, but also what I felt was a willingness now on the part of Canada uh, to meet us halfway and to work to help Labrador uh, end up in a better place at the end of the day.
1: Our guests today on On Target are Labrador Affairs and Indigenous Affairs Minister Lisa Dempster. She's being joined by Jeanette Russell and Dwight Russell. We're going to talk to them right after the break about their recent trip to Ottawa and their plea for greater search and rescue in the region right after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And we're back. Our guests today on On Target are Minister of Labrador and Indigenous Affairs' uh, Lisa Dempster and Dwight and Jeanette Russell, who um, joined the minister and Minister Hogan in Ottawa this week to make their plea for greater search and rescue in Labrador. And of course, we all know the story too well. Um, We've heard it uh, repeated time and time again in this province uh, of uh, young men lost to the ocean. Um, Jeanette, what was it like for you in particular to travel to Ottawa to make this plea?
3: Coming to Ottawa, I felt, was a a beginning step in the culmination of process started in November uh, with my presentation at the uh, Newfoundland Fish Harvesting Safety Association. Um, It's it's beginning steps. We're nowhere near where we need to be in terms of uh, addressing all the
1: gaps in certain rescue and Labrador, but I think we, we started an important conversation today. Did you ever imagine when you made that presentation to the Safety Association that it would pick up to this degree that you would end up in Ottawa making this plea yourself personally? Not at all. When when the Fish Harvester Safety Association
3: came to me and asked me to give the opening address, um, and I shared that at the meeting today, I immediately said yes. And I'm not the type of person who normally says yes right away, but I knew it was essential, uh, something I had to do to share my story to a, a wider audience, to draw attention to the gaps in service that exists for, for harvest, fish harvesters in Labrador. And not only fish harvesters, but recreational boaters and snowmobilers and anybody who makes a living or, or pleasure from the ocean is unprotected. And at the end of my address today, I asked uh, the minister and his staff that was present, I said, you know, every time they walk into their place of employment, they had to walk through a metal detector. And we had to walk through a metal detector today. And I, and I told them, I said, that's your employer's way of making sure you're protected at work. And I said, where is the protection? Where was the protection for my son? Uh, Department of Fisheries and Oceans gave him a license to fish card. Uh, thereby creating a workplace, and he went to work every day, but the federal government didn't uphold their responsibility, and I will call it a dereliction of duty, by not having enhanced search and rescue in place to provide service to them when it was needed.
1: Harkening back now to the fall when you made that first uh, presentation and you say you said yes um, yeah. to that uh, to that safety association um, request of uh, preparing for that. What was it like?
3: It was hard. Um, I, I've known for a long time, I, I've always been a writer, and I've always known that at some point I would need to put pen to paper and to lay bare my soul, in, <laughs> so to speak, in terms of being able to uh, You know, start the healing process. Uh, So I sat down with my computer and I just started writing about that particular day, the day that we lost our son. Um, and our experience of our 10-day endeavor of going through and fighting and, and lobbying and begging and pleading for additional services. And then you realize when you have time and you step away from the experience and you reflect back upon it and you realize – my goodness the the things that should have been available just weren't there they don't exist in Labrador then you start to get angry and realize this is not right and if we're not the family that comes forward and tries to make it right who's going to do it is that what motivates you that anger Part of it is anger, Uh, not in anger in the sense that it can change anything. I know that my situation cannot be changed. I, I can't teleport myself back in time and make the necessary changes that would be required. But it's anger in terms of the next family that could endure what we've been forced to endure. I want to spare the next family, the next fish harvester. I want to make sure the provisions are put in place to ensure the safety of every Newfoundlander and Labradorian, regardless of where they live. Right now, if you live in Newfoundland, you have a higher rate of survival than you do if you live in Labrador. And to me, that's wrong.
1: So what was the response like after that terrible tragedy? When, when you knew the boat was overdue, what, what happened? What was the response like? Uh,
3: the response in terms of, uh, you know, we, 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 we had to wait for resources to come in, of course, from Greenwood, Nova Scotia. Uh, anything, anytime you're dealing with situations in Labrador there's always that waiting period because everything has to come in from outside of Labrador. And that's what we're lobbying for. We're saying put the assets in Labrador. Just this last weekend we saw a group of snowmobilers who ended up uh, getting into some flood uh, situations and they had to rely upon uh, an aircraft coming from Gander, which took five hours to be able to rescue them. When they were 10 minutes away from the, the base in Goose Bay. So this is, what, this is entirely our argument. The resources could, if they were in Labrador, we would have faster response times, which increase the likelihood of positive outcomes when it comes to saving
1: lives. It almost sounds like nothing has changed since that terrible tragedy in McCovic.
3: Nothing has changed to date. Uh, There's lots of conversations about making changes. And, you know, we had a conversation after our meeting today about, okay, what are our our next steps? And to me, it's very much about keeping their feet to the fire, keeping Ottawa accountable so that don't just give me lip service. Don't sit there and smile in front of me and say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. If you're not going to change the conditions that produce that loss.
1: Dwight, do you share the same, uh, I guess, drive that Jeanette has in this particular case?
0: I do, yes. But there's been times that, you know, you, you reach the lower points and, and you wonder, well, what's I going out of for? What am I doing this for? It's been two years and 10, 12 years since Burton Winters. And, you know, you, you feel that all that you you want to do and you're trying to do uh, may, may be lost and they fears So you always... Yeah, you know, f- feel that within you when you uh, when you're going to these meetings. But you know the drive is there to to uh, push for better services for for Labrador when it comes to search and rescue. And as you know, I'm a fisherman and I continue to fish. And we we never ever thought about that. You know, we we always thought of safety. And we had you know we put things in a boat to make it safe and the herbs and play for us. And uh, you know everything got to be uh, got to be done to spec when it comes to. For a coast guard and a CSI inspections, and that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, sometimes you don't you don't think this is ever going to happen to you. But uh, yeah, we were we were very heartened by the meetings today, and uh, we feel that you know we we can get some good outcomes if we keep pushing in this direction.
1: You you almost took it away from me, but I was going to ask, what were you satisfied with what you heard?
0: Well, we won't be satisfied until until we start seeing you know concrete action for sure. That's that's the things that everybody knows, uh, the bureaucracy and, and, and how government works. And, you know, no disrespect to that process, but at the end of the day, we need concrete uh, results. You know, there's a, there's a huge expanse of water off Labrador, and people need to be protected. And, and like Jeanette said, it's a workplace. And uh, wherever, wherever your workplace is in this world, I think, uh, you know, a safe workplace should be awarded every Canadian.
1: Jeanette, uh, Dwight just said he was somewhat heartened, but he wants to see some concrete uh, um, commitments, I suppose. What did you hear? What are they telling you?
3: You know, I, I feel that our meeting today focused more on some of the immediate changes that were uh, probably more uh time-sensitive in terms of being able to push forward. The big-ticket items that, uh, you know, there was no talk today of a federal inquiry into fishing vessel safety. There was no discussion around uh, upgrading sideline goose bay to a primary search and rescue unit. So, you know, we talked today about uh, more collaboration between partners and initiating a dialogue um, in terms of, you know, the other big big ticket item for me is that for Transfer Canada to have all fishing vessels required to have an e perp on their vessel. Uh, So, you know, uh, today was a very promising conversation, and I I do believe in the Minister's sincerity in the conversation that we had, but when it comes to the big ticket items, we're not there yet, so I, I see more conversations in our future.
1: And I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, some of those uh, items that you just spoke about when we come back after the break. Our guests today on On Target are Dwight and Jeanette Russell. They've joined Lisa Dempster and John Hogan in Ottawa to make the case for greater search and rescue capability in the Labrador region. We'll be back right after this.
0: Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The cabin party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m.
1: on VOCM. And we're back. Our guests today on On Target. are Dwight and Jeanette Russell from Mary's Harbor, of course. And they're joined by Lisa Dempster, the Minister of Labrador and Indigenous Affairs. And they're in Ottawa. They've been speaking with uh, officials there to make the case for greater search and rescue capability in the Labrador region. And Jeanette, you you referenced two things there. Uh, You talked about a federal inquiry into fishing vessel safety. What are you hoping to see there?
3: Um, a, a federal inquiry into fishing vessel safety is imperative because when you look at all the different uh, federal departments that are involved. In the fishing industry, you have the Department of Fishery Notions who are responsible for the issuing of licenses, and then you have uh, National Defense responsible for the search and rescue program. Then you have Transport Canada who are responsible for the safety side of the operation of those fishing vessels. It becomes convoluted where the uh, responsibilities for one ends and another begins. So, right now, you can't have uh, Transport Canada and Department of Fisheries and Oceans, they don't agree even on how to measure a fishing vessel. So, I feel that a federal inquiry could better delineate whose responsibilities are what. It would bring everybody to the table. Each department would be required to come to the table and then answer these questions. And let's look back. Historically, federal inquiries of commission into fishing vessel safety, they were done quite regularly in previous years. It's only in the last 20 or 30 years that we don't see inquiries like we used to in, in the loss of fishing vessels.
1: And what you're a fish harvester yourself, um, you know the dangers. You, 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 your, your family is is living with that now. Um, what can be done to improve fishing vessel safety?
3: The first thing: uh, all fishing vessels in Canada, any vessel under 12 meters is not required to have an E perp, and that is the cross I am willing to personally die on. Is that every fishing vessel should be required to have an E perp? It would allow search and rescue to know the last known location of that fishing vessel. Compare that to the aviation industry. Every airplane in Canada is required to have an ePERP. So why is there this discrepancy within the same department between aircraft and fishing vessels?
1: Uh, Dwight, I know that the um, the local fishing I- industry in Labrador took it upon themselves. The uh, Labrador Shrimp Company, I believe, started to distribute EPIRBS, um in response to what happened to your son. Um, will that help um, future fish harvesters?
0: Oh, I think I think it really helped uh, last season when uh, we... Uh, I'm actually uh, the president of the Labrador Shrimp Company, and we bought in that program, and... Uh, we partnered with the, the Safety Association, Newfoundland Fish Officers, the Sa- Safety Association. And, uh, you know, I think there was uh, not fear, but I think there was a. Uh, people didn't feel the same about going back on the water last summer uh, simply because, you know, what had happened. And uh, it took a. You know, people were very hurt over the incident. And, and, you know, I think about attention to the dangers of the ocean. And, and we have a lot of small boat fishermen. So the board, uh, yeah, we brought in that those EPIRBs, I think we've got 100 altogether, and uh, we kind of shared that between the Labrador Shrimp Company and the Safety Association. So that really worked well, and uh, I think it was one of the better things that we've ever done as a company.
1: What was the response from uh, harvesters?
0: Oh, it was amazing. They, they really appreciated the, the work that was being done there. What you find sometimes, Linda, in, in any part of life is when, when something is mandatory, it gets done, obviously, but when something is, you know, is voluntary. People know the dangers, but sometimes things just don't get on. You know, and we're all, you know, we're simply all alike in that way. And uh, sometimes we don't do our due diligence when it comes to, you know, being more safer. And, uh, and and I guess it comes back to the fact that we didn't have a whole lot of incidents down Labrador. You know, and I've been in this industry quite a while, and our safety record has been pretty good. And uh, perhaps perhaps that's why we don't have the search and rescue capabilities in Labrador that we need because there hasn't been many incidences but you know the north has opened up you know we've with uh, more shipping there's more commercial activity the ferries in the north coast of Labrador are run back and forth so I think that the need for, for greater uh, search and rescue and, and, and Coast Guard presence is, uh, is definitely necessary in, uh, in uh, Labrador.
1: What about uh, federal regulations that dictate, uh, you know, when gear has to be up, uh, regardless of what kind of weather is out there, uh, um, a size of the vessel, uh, those kinds of things? Do we need more changes when it comes to those types of uh, uh, concerns?
0: Uh, yeah, I think uh, some jurisdictions in Atlantic Canada has uh, has changed some of their policies with opening seasons and. Like, as you're aware, sometimes a season can open and you have a small boat and, uh, and you have high winds and, you know, dangerous seas. And obviously, then the decision should be made, you know, not not, not let that fishery open on that day because there has been a lot of uh, lost at sea uh, and tragedies around that, especially I see that in Nova Scotia and, and the other provinces over the years. And uh, so I think there has got to be a focus for us too in Labrador to make sure that when our season is open, that the weather has to be fair and sensible, and we obviously, you know, we all get that personal, uh, you know, we, we, we all make those decisions whether we come or go as fishing, but sometimes you get pushed, you know, the economics of the fishery and everything else, so you, you really need to make sure that when you're opening a fishery and you're closing a fishery, whether there's got to be a consideration, and, and there is a willingness and the uh, EFO's part to work with us, and, and they have been doing that, and it's, that, that's positive.
1: Jeanette, yourself and Dwight have been um, very vocal um, and and very much advocates um, since Mark's passing. Have you been in regular contact with uh, Joey's family? How do they feel about it all? Uh, last time I was times Joey's family was
3: was back during the Christmas season. Uh, you know I, I keep them up to date from time to time on on actions that we're taking uh you know they're they're very grateful to see this issue moving forward same as we are i mean uh you know last time i spoke to his mom his, his mom basically said you know she's she's grateful that i can be the outspoken one because she kind of feels that i kind of i speak for both of us when i speak on this issue right
1: Now, when you mentioned the federal inquiry into fishing vessel safety, you also mentioned uh, upgrading of Goose Bay. What did you mean by that?
3: Goose Bay, the the five-wing Goose Bay base right now serves as a secondary search and rescue unit. What that means is uh, they can be tasked to respond to search and rescue endeavors. Uh, However, it comes with specific limitations in the sense that a secondary search and rescue unit is not always required to be available to respond. So, and we saw this being a a very important point during the Burton Winters tragedy. Uh, When the call came in that they needed assistance in Uh, Burton's community, uh, all of the aircraft in five-wing goose bay at that time were under under maintenance. So they were not in a position, none of the three aircraft uh, were available to respond. So then all that um, support had to come from outside of Labrador. So when uh, Minister Anita Anand was in goose bay last summer, Her position was that a secondary search and rescue unit in Goose Bay was sufficient to meet the needs. I protest that it is not sufficient in that a primary search and rescue unit is always prepared to respond. Uh, So that's why I feel five wing Goose Bay. If we're going to have only one major asset in Labrador, it has to be a primary search and rescue unit.
1: And so, a primary unit would have what kind of resources available to it? I can't directly answer that, Linda. Uh,
3: I know they would. I know the the time limits. But uh, they would have to be uh, their time limits on how soon they have to respond, and that their equipment is always respond re, is always available to be able to respond.
1: Of course, Labrador is just so vast. Would Goose Bay be the the um, the main area, in your opinion, or or would there have to be other um, sort of um, subsidiary kind of stations along the coast?
3: Well, we we talked today about subsidiary stations as well, and we still feel there need to be fat, fast rescue crafts. Uh, stations established in Labrador, especially uh, one particularly on the north coast and one on the south coast of Labrador. But we do see with the existing infrastructure in Goose Bay, it places them in a prime location to be able to be an add on service to what already exists in Labrador. A part of the conversation that we had today also talked about, you know, the, the Griffin aircraft in Goose Bay is not uh, permitted to travel over. For water, so there would be, you know, if Goose Bay was moved to a primary search and rescue unit, and obviously a Cormorant or a a higher class level uh, aircraft would have to be made available at that base.
1: Was there uh, any conversation or, or I suppose, uh, rationalization for why these resources haven't been available in Labrador to date? Is it because of population or size of the region or any indication? That's a really
3: interesting point, Linda, because uh, George Andrews, the mayor of Happy Valley Goose was at our meeting today as well. And he even talked about in his prior work as a, a, a Coast Guard employee, he said he was part of a, a commission back in in the 70s where they were talking about search and rescue needs in Labrador. And he, he brought forward his perspective and talked of, you know, nothing has been done since that point forward that we're still having the same conversation that they had back then in the 70s.
1: And it seems like we keep coming back to these places. Why are we still talking about what happened with Burton Winters with no improvements? Exactly. And, you know,
3: how many tragedies does it take to fix a broken system for our political figures to look at the map of Labrador and Newfoundland and the comparison between search and rescue assets and for them to finally be able to look at it and say, yeah, there's something wrong with this picture.
1: How do we compare to other regions? Was there any um, indication of how we compare to, let's say, Nunavut or the north coast of British Columbia?
3: Uh, All I've seen uh, is the comparison of assets in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, I know that in Newfoundland there are 11 uh, fast rescue craft stations, and there are none designated in Labrador. I know, Dwight, I don't know if you want to speak to, you've seen a map of uh, the Atlantic provinces,
0: yeah, I think landing problems are, are well covered, and what I gather uh, from one of the persons I was at the meeting today, the same thing in BC. They've uh, they've done a lot of work on this issue, and and they got a lot of coverage in those areas. But uh, you know, I think uh, Nunavut do have some sort of thing. I'm not sure, but part of the parcel uh, about uh, five in Goose Bay, if we can get a primary uh, search and rescue something like a cormorant or something of that nature well that would give that that uh, helicopter would have the uh, capabilities to uh, work uh, not only in Labrador waters but uh, on Gava Bay and up to uh, Nunavut and up hitting it right on up towards the Davis Strait because there's a lot of boats uh, to fish year-round there's a lot of uh, vessels that go down in those waters in the Davis Strait and uh, for Nunavut to fish all some belong and, and There's a big void here in search and rescue capabilities in
1: that area as well. Our guests today on On Target are Jeanette and Dwight Russell and of course uh, the Minister of uh, Labrador and Indigenous Affairs, Lisa Dempster. They're in Ottawa. They've been having meetings with federal officials about improving uh, search and rescue capability in the Labrador region. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoon at 1 on your VOCM. And we're back. We're speaking with Minister of Labrador and Indigenous Affairs, Lisa Dempster, who has been joined in Ottawa this week by uh, Justice and Safety Minister John Hogan, and of course, um, a delegation from Labrador, including uh, Dwight and Jeanette Russell, who, of course, lost their son Mark and his friend uh, Joey Jenkins uh, to that terrible tragedy off the coast of Labrador back in September of uh, 2021. Lisa, are, are you satisfied with the meetings that have taken place? Is this just the first step? Uh, it's definitely a first step. And if it's one thing I've learned, that we can't get too uh,
2: comfortable when we're on a mission. But uh, I appreciated this week the House is sitting. It's quite a busy time for ministers in Ottawa. And we're in budget session, which is probably a good time to be here Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, meeting with multiple ministers. But striking also today, in addition to how engaged Minister Blair was, was uh, he gave a fair bit of extra time. And uh, I think all of us collectively felt a willingness to uh, put some measures in place in the short term and a commitment to work toward the longer term. Uh, Federally, I think I want to mention as well, Canada is always interested in what the province is doing. We did uh, just uh, finish with a ground, uh, a provincial uh, ground search and rescue inquiry, uh, Justice tabled that in December of 21. There were 17 recommendations, a number that belonged to federal jurisdiction and some provincial. Uh, we have uh, invested substantially into uh, uh, provincially, and uh, and I'm hopeful that we're going to continue to do that in places where the inquiry showed that the province needed to step up and do better. That's uh, certainly the road that we're on, and uh, and now we've just got to stay uh, very, very respectfully persistent with Canada uh, that they continue to stay at the table and work with us to address uh, some of the deficits because at the end of the day, Linda, uh, lives depend on pandemics, and you ask why change hasn't happened 30 years. Uh, I guess uh, no one's got really any specific answers for that, but I can tell you I felt the strength and the power of the team around the table today at federal, provincial, municipal levels, but uh, perhaps most strongly the advocacy of a mom and dad who is uh, walking a walk that really no parent should ever have to go. And uh, if there's anything that's going to bring about change, it's, uh, it's strong advocacy of somebody who's, who's in a place where they never want uh, any other parents to be.
1: And notable as well, I suppose, that uh, we've just passed the anniversary of of the passing of Burton Winters.
2: Absolutely. And at that time, going back, I guess on the calendar, it's a decade, but uh, in the hearts of uh, his family, it's always like yesterday. And so... I was deputy mayor in my hometown at that time, and just days following, uh, you know, that uh, uh, tragedy uh, that happened uh, in northern Labrador, all of the municipal leaders uh, emerged in Goose Safe for uh, the annual combined Council meetings, and I just remembered, and it'll stay with me as long as I have memory, as we gathered outside of the arena in Happy Valley Goose Bay and pulled out winter game signs to identify what communities uh, the leaders were representing. And uh, I've never seen anything in my time that had galvanized Labradorians like that. And we did come out of the inquiry. And I think what's really uh, sort of layers on the sadness here is that while we were in the middle of the Burton Winters inquiry, myself as minister receiving my daily briefings on uh, what was happening with the inquiry day-to-day uh, when the word came in that the island lady had not received Returned home. And uh, so, uh, if the inquiry itself was not uh, allowed enough message to recommendations, a tragedy in the middle of, uh, you know, very much the findings of another
1: tragedy uh, uh, should be enough. So, what do you expect to happen now?
2: So uh, It's really important. One of the things that the inquiry referenced is that uh, we need uh, a committee uh, between uh, the federal and provincial governments. We need uh, an MOU put in place so that uh, each government understands what their next steps are. Uh, I can tell you for me as the Minister for Labrador and Indigenous Affairs and Reconciliation is uh, we'll be drafting letters that uh, will sort of recap the things that we heard. It'll recap what our asks are and those letters will go back to multiple departments and you know there's so many competing uh, priorities whether that's on the fiscal purse and, and files from day to day and we know that we've got to we've got to stay focused and put tremendous effort in to ensuring these things happen you just heard uh, dwight and Jeanette talk about you know lack of uh, response times etc and, and and goose Bay um, as an example a couple of things you know when the search and rescue helicopters got to come from gander the Uh, that tremendous amount of time of hours. When you don't always have hours to book, sometimes it can be just 10 minutes out uh, of Tuesday. There's technology that we've talked about. You know, our premier's been in Ottawa this week, and the premier's had a number of conversations around drones. And as technology advances, uh, you know, the benefit that drones could be in terms of going out. Dwight uh, so spoke very passionately yesterday to Minister uh, Al-Gabra on uh, how technology really can take the search out of search and rescue. And a little investment on the front end can save uh, actually millions on the back end so um, we I think uh, you know and based on Jeanette's own work and her findings and her recommendations that she brought uh, we're at a good place we have uh, we've not just come to say this is what's wrong in Labrador but there was a lot of solutions that were tabled and now we'll follow up in writing and I did feel a commitment that there will be uh, meetings again in in the not too distant future.
1: Dwight, some of your final thoughts.
0: Well, I think uh, what we uh, and, I, and I impressed this upon the minister today, uh, Mr. Blair, is at the end of the day, prevention and uh, and safety. You know that's very important. And but we know that we have, you know, it's one of the most dangerous occupations in the world. And we know there's quite a significant loss in the industry. And. Uh, the search and rescue is always going to be necessary as much as we can do on the and uh, up front of it, everything. We, we definitely know that uh, search and rescue is needed and that won't change. The only thing that will change is having a faster response time. And to do that, we, de- we definitely need a primary search and rescue in Labrador.
1: Jeanette, um, you've been one of the, I guess, um, driving forces behind this, um, of course. Uh, the last word goes to you. What, what are your thoughts about these meetings in Ottawa and what will happen next?
3: I, I think today was a good start. Uh, I don't want to give anyone the impression that uh, any of this is going to be resolved quickly, uh, we're looking at multiple government departments. We're looking at millions of dollars of investment that we're that are going to need to be uh, sourced. So nothing's going to happen quickly, but it's about continuing to keep the pressure on to keep the topic um, to the forefront. Uh, right now, we have a, an e-petition that is being circulated. It's uh, e-petition number 4203. So I would encourage anyone in province of Newfoundland and Labrador, please go in and sign our petition asking that uh, five-wing Moose may be upgraded to a primary search and rescue unit. Uh, every bit counts. And, I, and the reason I, I, I uh, initiated a petition was because I feel that for the average person sitting at home, and people have said to me, what can I do to help? And the thing I would say to people right now, the main thing you can do to help right now is go and sign your signature to the petition, because that holds weight to sending a message to Ottawa that we're not just going to sit back anymore and just take what you're willing to dole out. We know what
2: is required, and we're willing to fight for it. Linda, I want to add there that um, a couple of things, you know, there was talk today around Uh, choosing an area we were left with the indication perhaps uh, Labrador uh, where kits would go into communities equipment and things because there was a lot of conversation about uh, emergency locator devices and also toward the end of the meeting as the federal minister did say uh, in addition to the number of things they're looking at doing he said we recognize that to advance some of your requests we need to come to the table with money and so that was encouraging for me to hear.
1: I want to thank all three of you. I know it's been a busy, busy time, and uh, you're getting ready to uh, head back home, but I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity.
2: Thank you.
1: you. And we'll be back on Monday. We're going to talk about a topic you don't often hear on the radio. I'll let you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, do have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.